Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And the first story we have this week is science news. This comes from the Smithsonian Magazine. The catch of the day is a 10,000-year-old gigantic deer skull. <laughs> Whoa. This is this. A I thought this was really deer. cool. Huh. This is a this is another one where you definitely want to see a picture of it too. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, I'll show you in a second. Okay. Uh, so last week, and actually this story came out last week, so two weeks ago, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fishermen Raymond McElroy and Charlie Coyle were out in a lake near the town of Ardbo in Northern Ireland when they tried to pull up one of their nets and found it was caught on something heavy. Uh, Ronan McGreevy of the Irish Times, which I guess is a newspaper they have over there, reported that they pulled up the massive skull of a great elk, uh, the largest deer species to ever exist, which died out in Ireland about 10,500 years ago. So they fished up a giant skull. Antlers and all. Wow. Uh, This particular great elk probably stood about six and a half feet tall at the shoulders, and its antlers, which, like I said, they also pulled up, were over six feet wide. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it's big. Whoa. I that's love very I love wide. this. Charlie Coyle says, I thought it was the devil himself. I was gonna throw <laughs> it back in. I didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> so he almost panicked and threw it back in, oh, the, man. in the water. Uh however, his friend McElroy, all uh he knew exactly what the skull was because a huge jawbone from one of uh this elk species and possibly even from the same animal, was fished up from the same area in 2014 and also made the local news. So potentially they found, like, the lower jawbone of the same animal. Oh. Um, it might be a different one, obviously. Yeah, but, but it could be the same. Big old, big old jaw. Um, some history on the great elk, also known as the Irish elk, which has a misleading name because it's not actually an elk. <laughs> it's a huge deer species with some individuals that had antlers up to 12 feet wide. So double the size of this thing. How is that possible? I don't know. It's like two of me stacked on top of each other. And then, uh, or like t- one of me sticking out of each side of a deer's head. <laughs> what a strange image. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also the Irish elk is an Irish. <laughs> according, okay. according to the University of California's Museum of Paleontology, the species actually roamed all of Europe, North Africa, Northern Asia, and a related species was um, in China. So it actually was all over those oh. continents. Hmm. Uh, the reason that it's associated with Ireland, though, is because intact fossils of it are sometimes found in lake beds and bogs on the island, which are really good at preserving the bones. Oh, so okay. it was found more often there, but they've also found remains in other places. Interesting. And currently the plans for the antlers are unclear. And McElroy is just keeping the giant skull in his garage. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you were gonna say it was like donated to a museum or something like that. Nope, like, not yet. He we just don't. has it in his garage. So presumably that's where it'll end up or something like that. But uh, for now, they don't know exactly what they're gonna do with it. And let me just pull up this picture so you can see. Okay. Yeah, I definitely want to see the photo of it. Wait. So I guess how did the news find out about this? Whoa! It's very big. 
Whoa! <laughs> How does the head of that animal support all that? I don't that? know. It's that uh, it's seems so much physically, weight. I don't know. Strenuous. Well, they the must article have had also, very very strong like neck muscles. The article also mentioned that one of the reasons that they died out is because they thrived in a time when there were just grassy plains all around. Mm-hmm. But once forests started being a thing, those antlers were such a disadvantage like because they couldn't they couldn't, like, they couldn't run. Walk. They or couldn't even run, walk, yeah. run through <laughs> a forest. Right. And they and they started dying yeah. out because it was they were only on the plains which was where they were very easy to, to catch, I'm sure, for predators. Um wow. they didn't explain fascinating. I assume that these two brought it to the uh the local newspaper or something. But uh they didn't say exactly how the news found out about it. But yeah. <laughs> it's like oh yeah, this guy <laughs> found this and now it's in his garage. Like <laughs> it might have been a kind of a, a kind of a slow news day, I don't know. <laughs> Or maybe just from social media or something. Right. Because <laughs> I know that that happens nowadays, too. Like, the, some of the news outlets, like, they monitor for, like, posts that are sort of going viral with, like, different things. And yeah. we'll report on those things now. This is true. So. Cool. Okay. My first story is a food news. Okay. And this one's definitely a... Sign of the changing times. Okay, ready? Okay, okay. The headline is Coke Eyes Cannabis Infused Drink Market. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did you hear about this? No, this is new for me. Yeah, a little crazy. So uh, apparently, Coca Cola Company is closely watching the fast growing, quotes, marijuana drinks market for a possible entry that would expand the world's largest soft drink makers' ambitions further away from sugary sodas. So I don't know if you've heard, but like in the past, I've, I've seen reports in the past, like, I don't know, months that Coca-Cola is trying to make healthier drinks because they don't want their main thing to be this like sugary, unhealthy drink, right. basically. So yeah. they're looking for ways to get into the like healthy drinks market, I guess. Okay. Um, so Coca-Cola announced its interest in this in a statement on Monday, um, responding to a report from BNN Bloomberg that said that it was in talks with Canada's Aurora Cannabis Incorporated to develop drinks infused with cannabidiol or CBD, which is the non-psychoactive chemical found in marijuana. Hmm. Um, So CBD is one of hundreds of molecules found in marijuana plants, and it contains less than 0.1% of THC and does not cause intoxication. Um, It's just like a component of the plant. Um, So the exact statement made by Coke was this. Quote, along with many others in the beverage industry, we are closely watching the growth of non-psychoactive CBD as an ingredient in functional wellness beverages around the world. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. And this article said, oh, I, I forgot to say this was on um, Reuters. Um, according to them, Coke would join a rush by major alcohol makers and a cigarette company, apparently, to test the cannabis market and find partners ahead of the launch of legal recreational marijuana in Canada, which, if you haven't heard, is officially happening this year on October 17th. Hmm. There's this, like, official launch date where recreational marijuana is going to be legal there. And fun fact, according to this article, Canada is the first major economy to legalize recreational marijuana or, oh. like, officially in their laws, I guess. I don't know. I didn't realize Because I that. thought it was, like, legal some other places in the world, too, but... Yeah, I guess not. Yeah, so that's happening in October. So all these companies that are like international, like whatever, food and beverage companies are trying to like... Get in on that market. Yes. Um, So yeah, so 
Coke and Aurora in separate statements both said they were interested in these types of infused beverages, but would not comment on any specifics or talks between them. So we don't really know a lot. We just know that they're both interested in it. Um, And this also said that these drinks would likely aim to ease inflammation, pain, and cramping. Okay. I was was wondering when they were going to say why. That was, that's why. Yeah. Because it's like, well, they're trying to, you said they're trying to reduce the sugar. Is like, is it a sweet? (laughs) (laughs) Apparently it can reduce inflammation. I did not do separate research into the actual like wellness benefits of this, but supposedly there's there's some things like that that you can. They use it to treat a lot of things too. Mm -hmm. So that kind of makes sense. Yeah. If you can just have it in a beverage, it goes Right, like, why not, right? So, (laughs) kind of funny, but I just thought this was just interesting. Well, obviously, for many reasons, but one of them is just, like, if you think about, like, the origins of Coke. Right. (laughs) It's like, oh, they had drugs and their their stuff. And it's like, like, oh, many, many years later, oh, let's try that again. You know, it's like this funny kind of History is circular. (laughs) (laughs) Um. But yeah, isn't that just like that's really fascinating? Very, I don't know. Just like just even like a few years ago, even like that story would just be like whoa. But like it's this right now. It seems kind of oh makes sense. Yeah, sure. Sign of the changing times. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, and that was interesting. I'm sure with Canada making it legal, like other places are going to follow before too long. I think so, especially if they can show that there aren't any like huge negative ramifications of that right i guess so yeah. i think probably Canada's a lot of, gonna a lot be of like people a testing ground yeah pretty much. i bet a lot of people will like or governments and whatnot will be like watching and waiting to see what happens there mm-hmm. and using it as an example right okay my next story is animal news this comes from livescience.com uh, great white sharks gather in droves in the middle of nowhere but why? <laughs> Reads the headline. <laughs> I pick my stories because of the headlines. That's like, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Story's done. I mean, so that's, that's, it. What that's all I've got. That's, it's self-explanatory. Uh, so <laughs> this particular article is talking about a, a group of great white sharks that are known as the Northeastern Pacific Whites. So it's not all great white sharks, but it's this particular group. They feed on elephant seals and other marine mammals along the coast of California from about August to December. And then in December, they make a month-long swim to an open ocean void in the deep sea of the mid-Pacific Ocean, about halfway to Hawaii. So it's like nothing out here. It's just deep sea, like, ocean. Okay. Where they spend the entire winter and spring before returning to California. Um, Hmm. Satellite images had suggested that the area was an oceanic desert that is just there's nothing there like not even life Hmm. Uh, so scientists were stumped as to why the sharks would leave the food rich waters off of california for this place uh but barbara block which is a fun that's a fun name it is a fun name barbara block (laughs) who is a marine scientist at stanford university's hopkins marine station uh discovered that the discovered this area more than a decade ago when she tracked tagged sharks that were going to the area and she dubbed the spot the white shark cafe (laughs) <laughs> although she wasn't sure why they were going there yet. Uh, so when Block and her colleagues at Stanford University in the Monterey Bay Aquarium ventured out to the gathering spot this spring, they found uh, not nothing, but a ton of jellyfish, phytoplankton, squid, and fish. So there's act- actually a ton of food for the sharks out there. Hmm. And, this, and it turns out this is why they had been, they had been traveling. And this group of specialized ocean, open ocean marine life migrate up and down the water column each day. So they like where 
they'd just hang out at different like levels of oh. the ocean throughout the day, apparently. Hmm. Um, and so that's how they determined that the sharks were there for food because they used tag data retrieved from these sharks to determine that they were following a similar pattern to the prey and also going up and down. Um, they made several dives down to 1,500 feet during the day when the stuff was lower down and about 650 feet at night. Also, they noticed that in April, the male sharks increased their dive activity, making up to 140 dives in a single day. But the habits of the female sharks remained unchanged during that time. And so now huh. they've solved one mystery of this open ocean void, but they have this whole new one because they really don't understand why like the two sexes of shark are behaving differently. They're huh. not sure if it's like they eat different things or if there's something involved in like a mating ritual of some sort. But uh, yeah, it was just... Wow, fascinating. I'd, I'd never heard of this, uh, this like mysterious shark no, lair in yeah, the middle of the of Pacific. <laughs> like that's, that's so strange. Yeah. There's still so much about the ocean we just don't know. I know. The ocean is like its own space. It really is. Like yeah, There's so you, much of it like we haven't explored. It's like yeah. and a it, harsh environment that we have to have very special and specific equipment to travel to certain places in it. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like another space. Almost. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I saw an article just the other week where it's like, yeah, we just, we discovered three new types of fish like yeah. in the deep sea. It's like, well, how many more can possibly be down there? Oh, tons more. Tons. I don't think we've even, but like, we're even it's close just, to finishing finding all the it's different just types crazy of fish. It's to think crazy. that there's this like massive quantity of like animal life on earth that we have no idea about. Yep. Like that's so cool to me. I know. I know. It is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm just waiting for them to find like a plesiosaur like the loch ness monster in the ocean yeah because maybe it exists who knows the maybe. ocean is big enough that it could exist maybe they and we just maybe they just seen it. dove down really far well it's kind of like the giant squid you know right like they we never know there were like a couple a ones and like yeah they were always dead for, they, would they like, were just they would just wash, wash up and they'd shore. be dead and that's how we knew that they existed but like mm-hmm no one even ever saw a live one. So like, how would you, like if some, if that instead had just been people like sightings, like in right. the ocean or something, it would have been a similar thing. It's like, Oh, that's probably not real. It's like, no, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now it's just kind of accepted common knowledge that they're, they're down there. Yeah. We just didn't realize. And right. who knows, who knows what I else is I think they there. have footage of those now. Oh yeah. Like, like yeah. swim, like they do. But at, at one point, like they just didn't, no one had ever caught one on camera or like seen right. it. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy. a big legend. Right. It's the Kraken. <laughs> okay, my next story is a random local news story. And the headline is, Tesla Model 3 stolen from Mall of America using only a smartphone. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> what? So apparently Tesla cars allow you to use your cell phone as like a smart key to use the car. Okay. So if you own one, you can like register your car onto your phone and you don't even like need a key. You can just have your phone on you and like drive it. Okay. That so, sounds nice. <laughs> right. So apparently um, this person, the person allegedly responsible for taking the car is believed to have reached out to Tesla's customer support to add this Model 3 to his <laughs> Tesla account by its vehicle <laughs> identification number. <laughs> And then once the, the vehicle was accessible on his smartphone, um, he was able to unlock the car and drive away without needing a key. <laughs> um, yeah, this is, this is good. Several days later, the alleged car thief er, was tracked down and arrested 
in the stolen car in Waco, Texas, which was more than a thousand miles south of the starting point in Minnesota. (laughs) Very far away. Um, They had disabled GPS tracking on the car, so the owner had to track the location of the car while it was charging. So they, like, Mm. tracked when it was being charged at, like, one of the supercharged stations or something like that. Yeah. Somehow. And that's how they found the guy, like, because he had turned off the GPS feature. Um, So this car was owned by a Tesla rental company called Trevla at at the Mall of America, and the alleged car thief had previously rented vehicles from this company at least six times prior to the alleged theft. And the owner also recalled the same person supposedly bragging about the extensive knowledge he had regarding Tesla's security (laughs) systems, ultimately leading the rental company to suspect this particular regular customer when the vehicle came up missing, they said. So it turns out out he was just casing the joint. Um... It's like, that's so funny to me. Like, uh, you just like show up like, oh, I'm going to write this. Oh, I know everything about the security of these cars. And then like one of them stole and it's like, oh, I, think I bet it was, guy. I bet it was the guy. <laughs> I bet it was Joe. But it was the guy who Joe. explained in detail how he <laughs> yeah. would steal one of these how cars. Would, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> so that's pretty funny. Um, so one last fun fact, um, according to this website, which is um, the drive.com. Ooh. Tesla cars have the highest rate of auto theft recovery out of like any type of car. Um, since 2011, only 139 cars have been reported stolen, like mm-hmm. of Tesla, which is a lot lower than other types of cars. So there's like certain things about certain features of it, I guess, are theft deterrent, even though like they're not designed to be that way, but I think right. they just like are by their nature somehow. Huh. But then out of those 139 thefts, all the cars but three of them were recovered after the Wow. Theft. Yeah. That's impressive. So their recovery rate is just under 98%. <laughs> That's pretty and great. And the, the national average of like stolen car reco- stolen car recovery is 58.4%. That sounds more right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like it's close to 50-50. I mean, and like, a lot of times if you steal a car and you get far away enough, like it's, they can't. it's hard to track those down. Right. Not that I've but, ever stolen a car. <laughs> seem to know a lot about this Anthony. um no like i think it's because um well obviously because they have like gps systems and stuff mm. inside the teslas but even i guess if you turn that off like certain i don't know there's they just ways, other to, ways keep to do track it of them. also like there's not as many of them out there probably so that probably has a plus you have to go to like so. specific places to charge them probably yeah unless you keep it at home but but then if you're keeping it at home like why did you, you steal it? Why did you steal it? <laughs> <laughs> There's many questions that I have, but anyway, yeah, yeah so that's interesting. So that's really even cool. though it seem makes this makes it seem like oh it's so easy to like steal one of these, but yeah. really in reality, like you're gonna get caught. Like right. you can't take a Tesla car and just like not get unless caught, you're one so. of those three people that did it. Apparently, I don't know what the details were of that, but. I, I wouldn't if recommend you, stealing yeah. a Tesla car. If you want a 2% chance of getting away with stealing a car, then, then go for it. Go for it, yeah. Actually, don't. I'm not encouraging you no, to steal we're, a car. No, we're definitely not. We were joking. We're definitely not encouraging anyone to steal a car. Please do not do that. Ever. Yes. Please. To any type of car. To any, Yeah, just don't steal cars. It's not cool. It's very bad. Don't steal anything, actually. Yeah, just actually don't, don't steal Actually, anything. just don't commit crimes, ideally. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I, yeah. PSA from your friends at Nickname News. Don't commit crimes. Done. <laughs> I'm going to call this last story that I have health news. This comes from Time. So, ooh. 
<laughs> I don't know why we both had that reaction. Then. Oh, time. Oh, time. Oh, how fancy. <laughs> Uh, these are the big four personality types according to science. Oh. So uh, there's controversy among scientists whether there are clear-cut person- personality types, whether they exist at all, and if personality tests have any actual value. So like all those personality quizzes you can take. Yeah. Wow, I'm having a lot of trouble saying the word personality. <laughs> personality. Okay. Those like quizzes you can take online, like it's yeah. scientists are kind of disagree whether there's any actual like scientific value to that if there's any meaningful like the what's it the ij whatever yeah is that what you're talking like about that, like that Which i forget what um, that that is called that yeah. test uh myers-briggs is that what it is isn't it myers-briggs i thought that was something else i don't remember eh, whatever don't add us whoever's an expert <laughs> in this yeah we don't care uh, <laughs> <laughs> i mean i care but just right now i don't care alex, alex cares um um so a new study though was published in the in uh, nature human behavior it's a kind of an odd name for a publication but uh it provides evidence for the existence of at least four different personality type wow personality types (laughs) this is rough uh and those types are called and i this i don't know this is my favorite part of the article average (laughs) That's the first one. Okay, keep going. Okay, so average, reserved, self-centered, and role model. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think I'm going to let you finish, but I'll just like, and then I'll make comments. Yeah, that's okay. Um, So... (laughs) Uh, I actually ended up doing kind of a deep dive on this one because I was really fascinated by okay. it and I ended up on a Wikipedia, in a Wikipedia hole. So, um, but uh, each one of these uh, personality types that they determined is based on um, five different major character traits, which are actually part of something called the Big Five personal- Personality Model, uh, which I'd never heard of before, but Wikipedia was kind enough to fill me in. And hmm. those five um, uh, traits are openness to experience, uh, conscientious, oh boy, <laughs> conscientious, oh no, I don't know if I've ever said this word out loud. Do you know what word so I'm trying like to say? Conscientious? Con- conscientiousness. It's just a lot of wait, letters. Wait, conscientiousness. Conscientiousness yeah. is the word? Like it's a, it's a Whoa, anyway. I've never said that word out loud. It's, yeah. a, it's a big one. That's a, I've never... it's, it's like consciousness, but with an extra syllable. Yeah. No, two syllables. Yes. Conscientiousness. There, wow. see, you got it. Ooh. I'll just have you say it from now on. Okay. Um, just cue me when you need yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> so that's two of them. Extroversion, uh, agreeableness, and neuroticism. Hmm. So I was also kind of curious what these five were like actually defined as. So I looked that up as well. Okay. Um, openness to experience is uh, defined as appreciation for art, emotion, adventure, unusual ideas, curiosity, and variety of experience. So how open you are to new ideas, basically. Uh, so like Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> yes, he would have immediately just thought of him. Well, he was originally kind of re- like against the idea. Yeah, but he changed. But he did change and he became more open to experience. Yeah. Um, Conscientiousness. Uh, is defined as <laughs> the tendency to be organized and dependable, uh, show self-discipline, act dutiful. dutiful oh my God. <laughs> Too many long words. Too many words. long words for me. In this Act, story. 
act dutifully, aim for achievement, and prefer planned rather than spontaneous behavior. So basically how, like, thoughtful you are. Okay. Um, extroversion is kind of self-explanatory. It's how outgoing you are. Mm-hmm. Um, agreeableness is your tendency to be compassionate and cooperative rather than suspicious or antagonistic towards others. So friend- okay. friendliness, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and neuroticism is your tendency to be prone to psychological stress. So, hmm. like, your tendency to become, like, angry very easily or, or sad or that kind of thing. Hmm. Um, so anyway, after all that, uh, Luis Amaral is a professor of chemical and, bio- and biological engineering at Northwestern University. And uh, his, post- his uh, colleague is a postdoctoral fellow named Martin Gerlach. Uh, they sifted through 1.5 million responses to four different personality surveys. It's okay. I'm going to need it's you okay. to say Just it, too. It. Uh, <laughs> four different personality surveys, <laughs> whatever, uh, from quiz takers of all ages from all around the world. So 1.5 million responses. That's so a lot. That's a huge sample size of data, yes. which is why they're confident in actually reporting on this. Um, yeah, that's, that's definitely <laughs> appropriately <laughs> sized. So they yeah. used they used an algorithm to sort the responses into different clusters um, based on those five traits, and uncovered four persona- personality types that appeared across all four survey data sets with disproportionate frequency. Mm, okay. Um, so that's how they determined it. And uh, so for the average type, they tend to be higher in um, extroversion and neuroticism. Actually, um, about average in. Uh, conscientiousness and agreeableness and low in openness. So, um, the average personality type, which is, um, the most common one that they found, which makes sense, um, tends to not be that open to new experiences, but also like prone to, um, prone to neuroticism, like neurotic, like being angry or like they're slightly above average and not open to new experiences. experiences. That was the average. Oh, Mm -hmm. Oh, um, Whereas reserved people tend to be low in openness and neuroticism and about average in the other three traits. Okay. Uh, self-centered people are low in openness. Um, uh, conscientiousness? And agreeableness, unsurprisingly. Uh, oh, yeah. High in extroversion uh, and about average in neuroticism. And the role model types tend to be average in openness, low in neuroticism. So they've... and. Um, mm-hmm. They, they pointed out that role models tend to be older people and like these personalities oh, tend to cha- change over time. So a lot of younger people tend to be self-centered um, in these <laughs> yeah. types. But as you get older, um, you, become you become more role model-esque. Yes, less neurotic, about average in your openness to experiences, and they're high in everything else. So agreeable, hmm. conscientious, and uh, extroverted. Um, and of course, some people won't fit neatly into one of the four. Mm-hmm. Um but they, they're just these groupings that describe an above-average number of people, according to this, um, these surveys that they looked at. Okay. And, um, so they say that more research will be required to actually turn the results in any, into anything useful, like actual personality quizzes that are of any value, but be used by like employers or mental health professionals or dating services. Mm -hmm. Um, And the link to the article that we'll include in the show notes actually includes like an online personality quiz that you can take that's based on this research and they're using to like get more data. And I actually, I actually took it. (laughs) Yeah. And Um, what were the results? (laughs) So it was really interesting because it was like 250 questions. It was a really long, Oh wow! it took a really long time to actually take. Oh, Um, that's really long. Probably like, 
at least 20 to 30 minutes. Okay. Like, which is pretty long, I consider, for a personality for a, quiz. Yeah, for a personality quiz, um, that is long. So the you get a rating on each of the five types or traits that I mentioned earlier mm-hmm. um, that essentially go from zero to 100. And I actually was almost average in every single one of them, <laughs> except I was a little bit low in openness. <laughs> oh, no. So my openness, my openness score was 44, which my, was my lowest one. Um, my conscientiousness score was 52. Extroversion was 50. Agreeableness <laughs> was 49. And my neuroticism was 51. So I was like, like literally average. just <laughs> actually average across every single wow. one. So I guess that probably makes me, I fit more into the reserved so, type, I think. So, okay, wait, is that score comparing you to other people? I don't think so. I don't think it's like a percentile because there was also oh, okay. there was also in my results like a this makes you however met like you rate above or below gotcha. this okay, many okay. people. So, so there was, was also a percentile included. It was I just didn't like a some notes, type of absolute but, like right. There's like an absolute value, like value based of it. that they assign based on what how you answered the questions. Whoa. So it was really fascinating to That's take. That's so cool. And I, I recommend take you take it. It just just I set aside take it. set aside some time, put on some music. <laughs> it, <laughs> it takes a little while, but yeah. it's it's the questions are pretty rapid fire. There's just a lot of them. Um, but anyway, yeah, I thought that was all That's kind so of fun. I, I I know that ended up being kind of long because I just kind of ended up exploring yeah, this okay. more but i found it really fascinating and it, it's kind of neat to have like yeah. some actual science backing up personality you're saying Person, it's fine personality <laughs> types it's fine yeah no um no that is really nice because there are so many of those things and it's just mm-hmm. like what is actually and it's all real like and it all feels like kind of like soft science like yeah it's just kind of arbitrary of like well someone came up with this so yeah. let's just try it. And you know, it all like feels that, very, so. um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Pseudoscience? No, like, uh, it's the opposite of object. Subjective. Oh, yeah. It all feels yeah. very subjective. Yeah. And, uh, like, this actually feels more uh, researched and thought out. I don't know if this sort of is the same thing, but, like, well, one of those things was, like, extra extroverted. So I guess it would be, but, like, I definitely think that that is a legit thing of like extra extroversion versus introversion right. and like where you are in that spectrum like oh for sure like affects I think, a I lot th- of things about your life I feel like. and i don't think i included this part but they did mention in the article like scientists are more convinced on like traits that people can have so like uh, actually being on that spectrum i think yeah. is, is more accepted. established okay it's more it's more like do people fit into like categories i got you okay that makes sense so Okay, my last story is technology news. Um, And this is from CNET, and I don't mean to end on a sort of bad note, but the headline's not great. We tend to do that, though. (laughs) Why do we keep doing that? (laughs) I didn't even think about it until right now. And Um, and here's something that'll kill you. (laughs) Here's something really sad. Um, The headline is, almost half of U.S. cell phone calls will be scams by next year. Oh, good. (laughs) So get ready. Um, So according to this, uh, by next year, nearly half of the mobile phone calls we get will be scams. According to a new report from First Orion, a company that provides calls management and protection for several uh, several mobile phone companies, providers. Um, So the percentage of scam calls in U.S. mobile traffic increased from 3.7% last year 
to 29.2% this year so far, which wow. is like already huge. So they're predicting it's going to rise again to 44.6% in 2019. Cool. <laughs> cool. Which is like, ugh. Yeah. Um, and they said, this is a quote, year after year, the scam call epidemic bombards consumers at record-breaking levels, surpassing the previous year, and scammers increasingly invade our privacy at new extremes, First Orion CEO Charles Morgan said in a press release. According to First Orion, the most popular method scammers use to try to get people to pick up the phone is called neighborhood spoofing, where they disguise their numbers with a local area code so people think the calls are safe to pick up, which I've totally been yep. a victim of. Oh, Yes. And we might have talked about this before, yeah. off, like off the podcast, but like that is so common now. And I've talked to so many people that that happens to mm-hmm. too. And it just like all of a sudden started happening. Oh, I have like, a, lo- I have a year, lot like, of comments on why. this, but I'm going to let you finish the story. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I just have one more point. Um, they said that third party call blocking apps may help protect consumers from known scam numbers, but those apps can't tell if a scammer hijacks a number and uses it for a scam call. So like, there's a lot that still get through because they're not like a known scam number. They're just like, mm-hmm. I don't know how they're, doing it but either hijacking numbers or randomly generating them somehow or something but yeah it's not good so that's the data i have so okay yeah i was gonna say when you said like half i'm like a hundred percent of the calls i get (laughs) are scam calls anymore like that's it's either it's either a scam the electric company or a doctor like that's it or not not a good thing but a good point i mean is it's true like a lot of us just use like texting and messaging now for most of our actual like communication Mm. with people we know. And if anyone calls you and you just don't know what the number is, like you don't pick up, like I never pick up any phone call if I don't have it in my phone already. I decline almost every call I get. Like, yeah, pretty much. They're all from unknown numbers and it's every day, every single day I get at least one call. Same. I get one every day too. And I actually have one of these third party apps on my phone too. And it's helped. Yeah. You showed me. That was really cool. Yeah. it, It does help it. But like, it's still, it's every day I get the calls and it's just like, okay. Ugh. It's exhausting. It's like people are going to have to get like a burner phone now and just like give everyone that number. Yeah. And then only use your real phone for like just people that you actually know in real life and tell them. I don't know. Number. I feel like they'd still find a way. Well, I don't know. Cause I feel like a few years ago, that's what people did with like landlines. Or at least I did that. Like yeah, everyone got true. a cell phone and then you still had this landline. It's like, oh, we don't really use that anymore. Let's just give that number to like whenever we need to put a phone number on something so that mm-hmm. all we know that all the junk calls are going to the landline and our cell phone is like for real stuff, right? Right. So there was a few years where like that worked, but I feel like that's not but now, like, realistic anymore. Most, a lot of, well, I probably shouldn't say most people, but a lot of people don't even have landlines yeah, anymore. People so. don't have it anymore. And so you have to put your cell phone number in for things and yeah, it, leads to this problem because people get a hold of it i don't know but anyway yeah yeah, isn't that sad it's really that's really that's a bummer yeah not that i i don't enjoy talking on the phone anyway so like any phone call i I get i'm just i'm just like uh i don't want this (laughs) but if it's a spam call i'm especially like uh i don't want this yeah so hopefully we'll come up with a solution but yeah as of right now the rate is increasing (laughs) very quickly (laughs) So cool. <laughs> so cool. Love that. So yeah. Love that. Give me more of those spam calls. Mm, love them. I mean, do you ever answer them and just like no. prank them? No, I don't do that either. But like, I don't bother. No, I don't like talking on the phone to people I know. But like a lot of times it's recordings. Anyway. Right. It's usually a robocall. It's not even a, yeah. It's not even a yeah. real person anyway. So it's not even like you can have fun and like answer it and be like, I know. 
I don't know, say something weird to them or something. I don't know. Or like they like you've won a free cruise. It's like, no, you have. I'm actually reverse spam calling you. <laughs> you just answer the phone. Hi, can I sell you this? Like that was a, the worst sales call ever. But like, <laughs> <laughs> hi, can I sell you product? <laughs> this is this is why I'm not. Can I in sales. can I interest you in product? <laughs> this is why I'm not a salesperson. <laughs> but you just turn around and say. No, can I sell you this? <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. Angrily. That'd be fun yeah. and funny, but they're just a recording now. So, so it's not fun or funny. Yeah. <laughs> just <Wow>. sad. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Guess what? What? It's time for breaking news. <gasps> the part Yay. of the show where Anthony and I look up news stories that were just posted today and we read them to you on the fly. Ready? Set. Go! Go! All right. Ready? Yeah. So the uh, breaking news story I found comes from the Huffington Post. Uh, Virginia man accused of rubbing produce on buttocks and putting it back on shelves. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> as they as they oh put gosh. it as they put it, it really puts the gross in grocery. <laughs> <laughs> A Virginia man is facing charges after he allegedly grabbed produce uh, at a uh, store in Manassas. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that the first time I read this. Where? Oh, my God. That's amazing. That's... Uh, he pulled down his pants and rubbed the food items on his bare buttocks. Um, he then allegedly put the tainted produce back on the shelves. I'm not going to say his name because it's embarrassing enough that this story was published, but uh, he was arrested Saturday afternoon at uh, the giant food store after an employee called 911 about destruction of property. <laughs> that, that's the charge. <laughs> okay. So he was, he was arrested inside the supermarket and charged with two misdemeanors, indecent exposure and destruction of property. Okay. So I, those are the crimes in case anyone was, anyone was wondering. <laughs> <laughs> what, what the charges are? Okay. According to the police report, store employees had to destroy several pallets of produce that they believed had been tainted by this. And uh, they haven't, authorities say they haven't determined a possible motive yet. (laughs) (laughs) And also, (laughs) I love love the detail that this article goes into. Although a a police spokesperson said she did not know what type of produce uh, Johnson defiled, a police report mentioned it was fruit. (laughs) So, it's like so cool. <laughs> Maybe it's like for people that shop at that store. Like, oh, I bought apples. Like, and uh, he has he has since been released, so he is uh, he's at large. But uh, hopefully, he's learned his lesson. Wow. Um, maybe that they made him angry, and then he's like, "What can I do that be?" That get w- back of the store. What can I Duh. do that would be revenge and also weird? Yeah. <laughs> Is he also 12? Because he's <laughs> no, he's 27 years old. Oh, so he's well, my age. He's like, so he's like our age. Okay, yeah. I do not know why one would do something I, like this. I, I, I can't, can't begin to imagine. Nope, but, uh, that's pretty weird. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Well, are you ready for my story, which is I, also I pretty weird? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Um, so. This actually happened in England, 
and I found this story on Bustle, but it was originally reported on the Independent. Um, and the headline is a British town being haunted by singing children at night found out it was actually spiders <laughs> <laughs> singing spiders. Well, the spiders weren't singing, but they were oh. causing it. So, um, I wanted singing spiders. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I did. <laughs> so Ipswich residents first began hearing eerie music in September of 2017, according to the independent. It was, um, this is a quote, it was waking me up in the night. It was absolutely terrifying, one woman told the Ipswich Star on September 12th. I heard it all times of the night, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 4 a.m. It was sporadic. Sometimes it would play once. Other times it was over and over. Last week it played for hours. It was just horrible. Um, Resident Alice Randall described the singing to the Independent as, quote, very haunting. And I'm now going to play you a recording of what the residents were hearing in the middle of the night. Oh, oh no. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. So that's what they would hear in the middle of the night. And like, they didn't know where it was coming from. Um, it's like so creepy. Uh, so eventually, um, this lady contacted like the local authorities and told them like people were hearing this at night and they like thought it was like a real haunting or something like they didn't know what was happening. And like, um, they had the police come out when it was actually happening and they found the source of this. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that it was a nearby building that had a motion activated, like alarm to deter intruders that when the alarm was activated, it would start playing that recording out a loudspeaker. And like at, in the middle of the night, like spiders or like insects and stuff would like trip, would trip the system because it was too sensitive basically. And so that's why it kept playing in the middle of the night. And the, it it was some warehouse or something. And the people there didn't realize like how loud it was. Like they didn't know that like all of the local residents were hearing this (laughs) at night. (laughs) So then they were alerted and they're like, oh, sorry about that. You know, and I think they turned it down or whatever they did. I don't know what they did. But like they, the mystery was solved for like months. (laughs) These people would like get woken up in the middle of the night by that. I just can't believe they waited so long. Right. The first time I heard that, I'd be like, I need to know why. (laughs) (laughs) Well, would, well, what would you do? What would you do if you heard that in the middle of the night? I don't. I mean, like, I, I wouldn't like go outside and see what it is. Like, it sounds like a. I don't know. I think I might ghost. I might go <laughs> looking for it though. Like, I don't believe in ghosts, so like that. But, like, if be it's it. like one in the morning, you would just go outside and like. Yeah, because like, what am I gonna find? Like a, a child. <laughs> like. <laughs> I guess you're right. I would maybe do that if I was in a group of people. Like. Yeah. If like you heard that and then you were like, Alex, come over and let's like go do this. I'd be let's like, investigate okay, this. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't do it by myself though. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I'd I'd probably not go by myself, but I think I would investigate it sooner than like a few months. Yeah, that was crazy. Like, yeah. you wait that long. It's so creepy. Yeah, it's so, <laughs> so creepy. Like, can cannot imagine that. Um, but also, like, whose idea was it to make that the alarm? Right. Like, like what? if you're That's trying the most to random thing I've ever to heard. scare people away, I guess. But I think they were. Yeah. I think that's what they were trying to do. Like they made it creepy on purpose because like 
I feel like a regular alarm sort of noise would have would have done it. Been though. fine, yeah, yeah, probably. But oh well. Anyway, the mystery is solved. <laughs> oh, good. We don't need that so, to be real. Yeah. Okay, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and any other app that you want to use. And if you want to see more from us, you can follow us on Facebook.com slash Knickknack News and on Twitter at at Knickknack News. All right. See you next week. Bye. Bye. First Orion CEO Charles Morgan said in a press release. Nothing happened.